I really don't know what I was expecting when I downloaded this game, but there is so much more going on here than meets the eye. Norco honestly is hard to describe with words. Its setting and mood bring out all different types of tones, and <laughs> let me tell you this, from the first few hours in this one, I have so many more questions than I do answers. And I'm genuinely left kind of surprised at how few people are talking about this game. So let's talk about it. Let me tell you, I don't even want to really start talking because I don't want to interrupt this ambient music. It is just so good in this game. But since I am talking, quick friendly reminder to all those listening to the audio only version of this, there will be spoilers here. I am just a little over two and a half hours in, but regardless, if you do not want this game ruined, please come back to this after you've progressed all the way through chapter two, I believe. And with that, let's dive right into this. For starters, Norco is actually a real-life town. It's also an acronym. It stands for the New Orleans Refining Company. The refinery itself was built in 1929 and serves as the main, or at least one of the main story plots and backdrops and mini scenes within this game. So I believe it's safe to assume anyone living in or near this area must have even more thoughts on this game as a whole. But speaking of living in Norco, we play as Kay. She's coming back to Norco because her mother died from cancer. However, when we get back, a few things are revealed to us. From Kay's point of view, we find out her brother is missing. But the game goes a step further because to us as the player, it is also revealed there's a freaking robot hanging out on a truck in Kay's backyard. Now it turns out this is a completely normal thing and this is actually a security bot for Kay's family. Regardless of how normal this is to Kay, I was left confused but also instantly became more curious about what else was in this game. I really like the fact that there was two levels of mystery here. The character within the game was trying to figure out where her brother was, and so was I. But the character in the game was completely fine with the fact that there's a robot around. But I wasn't, and so it kind of acted as a two for one. I love it. Now, this broken, dysotopian little town breathes its sorrow into the characters we meet during our journey. You can see and feel the depression in their eyes as you're talking with them. But along with that, there's a grittiness and almost humor, I would say, to a lot of these characters because of that. For instance, let's take a look at LeBlanc here. He's every bit your prototypical, run-down, dirty detective. Yeah, he's corrupt to the bone. But even still, it feels like there's a bit more to this character than meets the eye. And even though Kay has to constantly buy him more beers to garner more information from him, I'm looking forward to future conversations with him still. There's also the drifter behind the gas station who comes off as just a nobody, but then you realize all he's really doing is looking for his lost pit bull. And once you find that, we find out his name is Lucky. And Lucky, if you were paying attention during the bar scene with LeBlanc, is actually on the TV in the background. Turns out he blew up a pipeline. And honestly, the casual way with which he just admits that he did that kind of made him grow on me. And so I'm really, really fascinated to see how much more he has to tell us. He seems like he knows a lot. He's given us information here and there talking about shell build, or shell, excuse me, shield. That's a Freudian slip. Again, S.H.I.E.L.D. is actually the fictional version of Shell in real life. <laughs> 
anyways, Lucky just seems to know more than he's leading on. And so I'm very, very interested in seeing where his story goes with us. The story of Norco adds another layer of complexity to itself by allowing us to play as Kay's mother, Catherine, just a few weeks prior to her death. It is here we learn she is uploading memories to an artificial consciousness of sorts. Without going into too much detail, it is here that both the scale of the creativity in writing and choices really started to hit home for me. You really can in a way help set the narrative and character ideals in this game without ever having the game tell you if you were doing the correct or incorrect thing. Your actions just are. Speaking of just are, the graphics just are fantastic. Though, I suppose it's more of the art style than it is graphics. I would attribute them to like a sci-fi pixel sort of style. I'm not sure if they're hand-drawn or not. Whatever they are, they're beautiful. They just add this sense of depressive beauty to every scene that you go to within this game. But it's the UI and gameplay that I have the most to say about. One of the only negatives I guess I would talk about would be the UI. It's clearly been designed for a mouse and not a controller. And so there is a little bit of, I guess, jankiness to the way that you have to move the controller around. You can use the D-pad to kind of quick select items on screen. You kind of lose place of where you're at from time to time in doing this. You definitely get used to this as time goes on, but I would still consider it a negative. Now, the mind node screen of sorts that slowly allows both Kay and the player to connect dots to the evolving mysteries and stories spread throughout the game. You'll be here a lot, because there is a lot happening. Almost every interaction unlocks another mystery or location you have to dive into. It has so far been a fantastic way for me to catch up and remind myself what it is I'm looking for and who and what is connected. There's also a battle mini game of sorts, which honestly I believe could have been nixed altogether as they are mostly just timing or memory based exercises. But they do work as a slight change of pace, I suppose. <laughs> they are even used in other forms to, well, let's just say, unique occurrences. Other side activities so far have included a top-down minigame in which you traverse a swamp in your boat trying to kill an alligator, or at least that's one of the options presented to you. And then there is also a very well-done hacking minigame in which you need to remove drones from a facility so you can more easily gain access later. This, to my surprise, has actually been one of the standout features within this game. I've literally only done it one time, but I loved it so much. I hope this gets adopted into other video games in the future. Now here's the thing. When I set the controller down to come and record all this for you, I was left wondering so much. Such as, why is S.H.I.E.L.D. so interested in my mother? Or, Kay's mother. What is this talk of a UFO out in the swamp? Where is Kay's brother? Is our mother even dead? Are we even alive experiencing this game, or is this just a memory? And most importantly, what the hell is with the monkey, and why did he fall off the motorcycle? Are we going to get him back? I look forward to having all of these questions answered because I'm going to continue to keep playing. What little negatives I even have for this game, the positives outweigh tenfold. As far as the game or past series goes, this is my favorite game I have started up to date. I'm so excited to dive back into this one that I will forego any sort of outro. Back to gaming for me. Please let me know if you want to hear more of my thoughts on this game after I beat it someday. Until next time, let's go infiltrate that oil refinery.